Hello and welcome to the Muddy Puddle Teacher Podcast. Today I've got the lovely Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Sarah, tell everybody about you, who you are and your role and where you've come from to get to that role. Go for it. So I'm Sarah Godbold and I'm the Executive Head of the Churchside Federation, which has two schools in Norfolk, Mumford and Goodiston. So Mumford's sort of like an average size for Norfolk, I would say, 205 children. And then we've got about 50 at Goodiston, so it's a very small school. Um, and I've been teaching, I think, now for, this takes me ages, to, far too long to try to cap, mentally calculate how many years, but about 18 years. And I've been head teacher for four Um and originally I um, started as a EYFS teacher and I've kind of taken that with me, that, that love of continuous provision, that love of learning through play. And that's kind of influenced the way my whole teaching practice has been and now has influenced really my executive headship as well. I see the merit of play-based hands-on learning and I've kind of taken that all the way through with me now, which is why I got in contact with you. <laughs> yeah and I think I think I could totally tell that you'd got the EYFS background and to be fair a lot of head teachers that I do meet don't have that background a lot of them are from key stage two but I think this is what I love about you Sarah is that you totally have respect for play you get it you understand it and you see the importance in it so yes you are a multiple trained school as well so that's very exciting for us to have you lot all on board both schools as well and your staff was so creative but also, they didn't feel like they needed to hold back how how far they could go with that play. Sometimes when I go to schools, I do get a bit of resistance from the key stage two, especially because they want that depth of learning. And I don't think they've always got that confidence that the depth of learning can come through a playful approach. So what do you think on the key stage two side of things? Do you think the depth of learning is there? Yeah, I think I'm lucky, I suppose. Well, we've worked really hard on looking at a diet of learning if you like so we've talked to the to our staff about how long children sit the expectation for recording and I know key stage two feel that pressure and they think oh wow if it's not recorded it doesn't count this is wasted learning but we've worked really really hard at looking at the amount of information that children retain a lot into um, purposeful memorable learning and those learning links and I think my key stage two staff actually picked it up and ran with it a lot quicker they they'd already planned about three or four muddy moments as we're calling them sessions by the first week and then they're like just do you want to come aside and have a look come and have a look so it is but it's been really good and we feedback in staff meetings about it and because they're all enthusiastic I think it gives each other confidence about it that they are doing yeah the the, the it is the right approach I think yeah, and it's like anything, some things can't be taken and won't be taken outside because then you're not actually embedding the learning that needs to be embedded. But so much can go outside, you know, like science and maths, they're just super easy subjects to take outside. Well, it's like what you just touched upon then, like the first point you made was the fact that the children at the desk far too long. So after a while, they are going to switch off. So it doesn't matter how many lovely presentations you've done, you know, they just are going to switch off from you. But when you take them outside, it's like a reset button, isn't it? It's like reset. All right, I'm engaged now. I'm listening to you. And it's getting that balance right, isn't it? Definitely. And I think, you know, going outside, taking even just sections of it. So it's not it won't necessarily be a whole lesson outside. It might be that they'll go outside to do their starter with um, 10 frames and things using the clay and the, the canes and the natural resources. And then they come back in and do some recording from then. And I think that part of it is really important but just 
I think as adults, we can only sustain concentration for a short period of time before you just start thinking about everything else. And children are, are no different. So, and we've got quite a few challenging children, challenging boys. Mm. This is definitely really without definitely really good for them because it just gets them outside and gets them moving. The children love it. We've had really positive feedback from them and some parents already have said, oh, you know, I really like this approach. This is really good. So it's got all that support there because people see the merits of it. Yeah. And as a parent, you know, I've, I've gone through a journey, to be fair, with my children. I, I've been like, come on, we'll work really hard and, you know, we'll get we'll get this work done, homework done, things like that. And I've got to a point now where, especially like with my older child, that they just want to have fun. I just want them to have a great day at school for them to make friendships. And actually everything else comes into place when it comes into place. But it's from a parent perspective, absolutely. I, I, we've never had in all of the muddy puddle schools that we've got, we've not had one that that said to us that the parents aren't happy about this. They've all been 100% on board with it and totally get it. And they just want to know that the children are at school having fun. And the fact what we're doing is they're learning at the same time and they don't really even realise it. No, and I think that's the best part of it, isn't it? They go out and they went, all we've done today is go outside and play. And you think, well, you've learned all of your number bonds to 10 and yeah. <laughs> some fantastic writing. But yeah, sure, that's all you've done, if that's what you say. And so for, for me, I just, that's that where that EYFS stage comes in. Yeah. Because you you watch them explore, you watch the children take risks, and I think systematically our education system takes that away yeah. as they get older and older. Sit at a desk, have some paper, do yeah. this, do that, and they're all that independence you foster when they're little yeah. seems to start to drift away again. Yeah. So that was really important to me that that doesn't go because you know they're spending more time inside, they're always on screens. The 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 part of them taking risks and you know monitoring if I climb that tree am I going to fall out well I might but I probably need to try and, and all right. of those things have just kind of have gone a little bit so it's you know it's good to bring it back yeah and it's about the fact that our children don't take enough risks and then when they are put in a risky situation it's actually very dangerous because if they're yeah. not being taking risks then they're not going to know about dangers but equally those sort of uh, character traits also flow into learning so if they are going to take a risk climbing up a tree then they're likely to take a risk in their learning as well and we know that we need them to take risks in learning we know they need to fail and to get back up and do better and get better so actually it's all mingled in together isn't it definitely and it's got that you know that's where you build up that resilience isn't it because you're outside you've tried something did it work no it didn't but you have the opportunity to be a bit more independent in in that then you know there's a place for teacher talk but there's a place for self-discovery and learning as well and it's a real real delicate balance I think that you and you make sure that actually the child's voice and the children are pushing that learning they're going to remember it they're going to take risks they're going to come up with their own hypothesis of how to fix things and and that's more important than just being spoke talked to I suppose it's more about that facilitation isn't it that's what it is it's with facilitators rather than just constantly you're I'm going to speak you're going to listen directed learning yeah and I think that's where a lot of our schools are going is that facilitating role that you know we're there by the side of the child not in front of them that we're guiding them to their learning but they have to have that independence to want to do it themselves and to want to learn like if the want's not there then that's very difficult for anyone to try and convince that child to do that do you know what I liked what you said as well you said that your staff were asking you to come outside and look what they've done and that's really nice it just goes to show that your teachers have taken this on themselves 
they've now feel empowered by it so much so that they want you to go out there and have a look at it. And I wonder whether that happens so much with indoor teaching. I think it does absolutely give staff like this sort of like mojo back of look how creative this kind of teaching is. And I think it's that feel good factor as well, isn't it? You know, when you're outside with the class and you just go, even when you're inside, you just go, that really worked. Everybody really enjoyed that. And I could see children learning, you know, all over the place. Like your staff getting that sort of buzz. Definitely, because we have put aside a part of our staff meetings where we sort of feedback on on this because this is our whole school improvement for outdoor learning. And uh, there, there, there is. They, they even to the point where they're like, oh, I just think it's better for me. You know, I'm outside. I've, I've had some fresh air today, whereas before I would have just been inside. And I and I thought about this and I thought about it in a different way and I've taken it out and I've had such a good day. I've really enjoyed it. So they're buzzing with it. And it's good for their mental health because, you know, outside is good for you. Yeah. And so I think for them, they they really enjoy it as, just as much as the children. I think sometimes the, the pressure is less because they're outside and the children are just kind of really engaged not that they're not engaged in the yeah. car or don't want my staff to think yeah. I'm saying that because I'm not <laughs> but I just think that there's another level of engagement for yeah. some of those children who really struggle so yeah and it's that balance again like what you said you know there's only so much you just get that feeling as a teacher don't you where you go do you know what we've got to we've got to make this more exciting we've got to take it outside we've got to go and get some fresh air and like I said push that reset button again um, but yeah, it, it's just so exciting how you guys all think. And I always find it fascinating how so many schools are so different in the way that they think. But all of the year, early years head teachers I've ever come across really do have this. You know, I think early years is such a magical uh, curriculum down there. And absolutely, it needs to be fed through now. We've had so much success from early years, uh, the early years curriculum. And I mentioned too, when I came to do the training day, Wales are very much taking the early years, broken it down and put it through school. Do you think that some changes need to be made with our good old national curriculum? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I just think it's, it's well, it's post-pandemic anyway. That was pre-pandemic when that curriculum came out. So it's not actually that relevant to the children who have lived through that massive change. Yeah. And I think the more you see the children coming through with... Um, speech and language issues there's more personal social and emotional issues from and so I think putting them into the classroom environment expecting a more formal set of learning for those children who aren't ready for it is is a disadvantage to them so yeah. trying to find ways to get them engaged in their in their learning is kind of like a teacher's bread and butter and I feel like the curriculum can restrain the yeah. children from having that and teachers I mean we're quite lucky the way that we've looked at it we follow the um Obviously, we follow the national curriculum, yeah. but we have the child's voice threaded all the way through it. So we ask them what they want to learn about. We come back to the things that they want to learn about and make sure that they're always part of their learning journey. That's kind of like our MO. I mean, it, you know, if I had freedom to do, we would do that yeah. all the way through continually all of the time. Yeah. Um, but I saw your part about continuous provision for the key stage two the other day. And that is something I would really like to do. And I'm going to develop in our school because they they then. They're still little children at the end of the day who need all that hands-on, Absolutely, you know. absolutely. But not many schools are doing it. I mean, we have got a few of our mud puddle schools doing it and I'm just developing some training on it now for our teachers so they've got some access to that. Uh, but I have tough spots in my house 
um, and I put activities for the girls um, at the weekends on there. And Sienna at the minute, she's just making a river. She's doing rivers at school. So she's making a river and she's got loads of natural resources and foil and she's giving it a go. And it's things like that, isn't it? I mean, we've been working really hard at looking at the progression in continuous provision. I'm just helping the school at the moment move from uh, develop it in year one because they took it away now they're bringing it back and just looking at that progression you know you can still learn and have continuous provision but you do need to look at, at the progression there and your cohort of kids because there's a lot of year six classes that have children still in early years uh, goals and for them continuous provision could be very powerful to move them forward a bit definitely yeah i am an advocate for that i think that you know i i watched um one of my year six teachers, she was teaching rivers actually, uh, or year five, six, and she'd got them to go outside and they had to make it themselves. And then they had to run the water down and they were talking about all well, labeling all the parts, but then she left it out for them. And they continued to do that over playtimes and lunchtimes because they're just okay. extending that learning. And so if you do that all the way through, you can just, I mean, you know, the whole point is what they remembered from and what can they retain. Yeah. And when you're watching them redo and then, extend and talk about all that vocabulary everything comes out in that play and you know they've got it then yeah so you know that they, they have learned that really really well and if they're doing it in their own time then there you have a lifelong learner you know they're then doing their own research in their own time and embedding all that learning brilliant love it <laughs> right Sarah I know you're very busy I know you're very busy so I'm gonna say goodbye to you and thank you for coming on um, that has been so useful and I just think like the, there we do have lots of head teachers thinking about doing outdoor learning or thinking about a more playful approach and I think this just helps them to have strength to do that because I think that's what we do sometimes in schools we isolate ourselves from other people's voices and this is what I love about the fact of, of you know what we've got now podcasts and people on social media sharing what they do so people can find their people basically definitely well thank you very much for having me of um, my first ever podcast quite enjoyed it <laughs> brilliant. well I bet more will come if anyone needs to get in touch with you uh, are you available for anybody to get in touch and ask questions or schools near you to link up with you yeah sure so um you're more than welcome to get in contact with um me you can do that through office at mumford.donate.org um and they'll put that through and yeah I'm more than happy if people want to talk to me about it or head teachers want to talk to me about it I have um spoken at length about it, your training at a, a cluster heads earlier this week so you might get a few people getting in contact Yay. with you anyway <laughs> the more the better the more the better well, thanks ever so much, Sarah, and have a lovely day. See you later. Okay, bye. thanks. Bye.